0: Alright, what's up? Welcome to episode 58 of the a Podcast. I'm Stuart Anderson. Just a short introduction here before we hear from Heather Van Boren and John Olson, her brother, and uh, Don Van Boren, Dr. Don, uh, who is Heather's husband. We also have Kristen on with me on the podcast, so grateful for all of them that joined to tell Heather's story, Flower Power's story, and uh, everything that happened to her on that tragic day uh, in December last year where she was hit by a car and then kind of the story behind our flower power kits if you've seen the team wearing them uh, in the pink and black and how that was created by John and, uh, and, and just the story behind it. Heather tells her story of adapting and changing what she's been through, what she's felt. Uh, just a short, uh, I guess, introduction to everything that she's been through over the past eight months. Uh, incredible story and very grateful for the time that they spent to share it. It's very brave. Uh, I don't know, as I sat there and watched her, I don't know if I'd be willing to be so open and brave about everything that's happened to me. But uh, she is all about helping others and getting others involved and uh, and being grateful for those that have, that have reached out to her to help her on this little journey. So thankful for John. You know, I honor John as a, a Yellow Jersey leader. He is a, a man to follow. Grateful for his example and especially his attitude. He's just such a good man, and I'm grateful for everything that he's taught me about being a good dad, a father, and just a good friend. So thankful for him for helping uh, with this podcast and helping with his sister. So uh, great on with the episode. Hopefully you enjoy it, and thanks for all those that listen. And especially grateful to have him. Thanks so much. Hey everybody, welcome episode 58. I am Stuart Anderson. Me dwell a podcast. If you're watching the video, look at these beautiful people joining me. Kristen, welcome. <laughs> John and Heather joining us together live. Who oh, You're in Heather's house? Yes. yes. Very good. So a uh, really special podcast today, our Flower Power podcast with Heather Van Boren and John Olson. We're going to tell Heather's story. Well, Heather's going to tell her story, right? Yes. yes. <laughs> before we jump into it, um, if you're listening to this podcast before June 22nd, I'm starting to call it the Idiot's Challenge. John, have you heard about the Idiot's Challenge? Yes. (laughs) Yes. So uh, as an idiot, whoever can come up with the dumbest ride Friday Friday or Saturday or Sunday of this Pioneer Weekend is going to get a $100 gift certificate to cycling upgrades. We have two of them available for the biggest idiot. Is that going to deter people from participating or is that inspiring?
1: inspiring it is inspiring i'm trying to think of a route
2: (laughs) well it's not about a route either oh it's
0: true yeah
2: i I heard i picked up on some ideas from some of the younger guys that i oh it's not about just the route
0: yeah todd was was saying wearing or even riding john
2: Mm -hmm. oh nice
1: porter's fork (laughs) unicycle
0: you're you're (laughs) not
2: you're not confined to this box of like crazy routes it can be what your definition of stupid is yes
0: yes would an idiot do that thing
2: how much ice cream i can eat while looking at my bike
0: god see that that'll win you a card i agree uh and then we are inspiring team members to sign up for east canyon road race on august 6th if you sign up the team and cyclingupgrades.com will pay for you to race so hopefully um that inspires our team to kind of show up in numbers there so very very awesome. Our new sponsor with Corby and cyclingupgrades.com. So there we go. Any other uh, any other announcements? John, how was our ride this morning?
1: Oh, it was beautiful. It, hey. Thanks for giving me the head start so I could ride a little bit. With you
0: guys <laughs> the there you there you were at the top. <laughs> that was that so was pretty. Beautiful, beautiful. Yeah, was good. And me and Kristen are recovering uh, churros in our veins right now from Disneyland over the weekend. Not good. <laughs> Bad choices yeah. were made. <laughs> <clears throat> Heather, we've seen you started to go to uh torrent. Is that how you say it? Torrent cycles. Yeah. With, with our good friend Liz Rabel. How's that going?
3: Um, it was awesome. We had so much fun. I'm I'm definitely not back to my usual strength and speed, but it just felt good to get out there. And as you know, Liz is like so inspiring, you could go and sit there and s- just sweat from listening to her talk (laughs) it was good we're surrounded by lots of friends and family and it was awesome
0: very fun maybe john will you introduce your sister and then we'll if if anyone listening doesn't know her story we'll get into it and um make sure we're introducing what's happened our flower power podcast properly go ahead john
1: perfect yeah i uh Wrote this. Heather has not heard it, so hopefully I have the information correct.
0: Elbow in the ribs, if it's not. You're right next yeah, to it. Yeah. <laughs> you can, you can <laughs> interrupt.
1: Heather Van Borm, a.k.a. Flower. Heather was born and raised in Salt Lake City, Utah. She is the fourth child of six. As a, ch- as a child, Heather was given the nickname of Flower. I don't know why. Maybe she can explain.
0: Let's do it. Ex- explanation?
3: I don't know why. Okay. I really don't. Just. I, well, Heather is a flower, actually, mm-hmm. and you know it's the purple Scottish flower. And so I, I, I do know. I used to say to my mom, "Heather is a flower," when I was really
1: little. Very good. There we <laughs> there go. It is. Okay. Well, there now I know. Now I. know. <laughs> All right. She attended Highland High School. While at Highland, she caught the eye of many a boys, one of whom would eventually become her husband. After high school. After high school, she attended the University of Utah. While at the U, her older brother's best friend, Don Van Boren, finally got the guts to ask her out on a date. <laughs> Many dates and Sigma Chi formals later, Don and Heather were married. Don was an inspiring doctor with big dreams and, and big brains. Don attended medical school at the U. After he graduated, they hopped in their love, love bug, and off they went to residency and all that other doctor stuff. No kidding. They spent several years in Arizona and California where Don perfected the craft of saving lives. During the time, they became parents to four amazing children. Finally, after all those years away, family members back home were able to persuade the Van Boren clan to return to Zion. <laughs> they came kicking and screaming, but they came home. Back home, they call, uh, back home they, the call to procreate came and a knocking and they had another kid. Don started working as a trauma surgeon at IMC, and Heather was home herding cats.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: Moving forward several years, Heather and Don um, kids have grown up. Some are in college, some are married, and one is starting his freshman year at Olympus High in the fall. Nice. They're Titans as well. All right. Oh, and they are the proud grandparents of their first and only grandchild. Wait until you hear that story from Heather. Yep. Heather has always been a very active person. She loves going to the gym, even if she hates to sweat. <laughs> she loves playing tennis with her friends in a local league. You, can, you, could, uh, you also could find Heather on a hike, a walk, or even once in a while get her on a run. Heather has never been one to sit around. All, all kidding aside, Heather is an amazing person. She has, been, she has been her whole life. Her family and those that know her will attest to that. She's been a rock to so many people for so long. Heather is always ready to help. She can laugh with with you, cry with you, give you amazing advice, or just listen. Her family is no different. Don is always available when needed, even with his crazy doctor schedule. Trust me, I've called him at all hours of the day and night and met him at the ER at all hours. Heather and Don's five children, two son-in-laws make up a tribe that is unbreakable. Heather's five siblings are lucky Heather's five siblings are lucky to have her in their lives and call her their sister and friend. On December 20th, 2001, Heather's life and her family's life changed forever. Heather was walking into Costco when suddenly out of nowhere, a car reversed into her and pinned her against another car. I will let Heather tell the story, but what proceeded from that event has been inspiring, amazing, jaw-dropping, and any other word you can think of. Most of all, it has shown what the power of positive thinking, the love of of family and friends can do. And it also inspired a pretty cool cycling Mm (laughs) kit. I'm proud to introduce my sister.
0: Welcome, We're grateful to have you. So uh, after having read all the news stories and listened to some podcasts, maybe I can set the stage for the accident. John kind of um, introduced it, but Heather, you said um, you were off trying to provide some service to some parents by hosting a pizza party. And so you were at Costco kind of gathering supplies, gathering food. And then you heard obviously a commotion. Oh, and you were on the phone with Don in the mm-hmm. parking lot. And then you heard kind of a commotion or whatever behind you of this. Uh, we think it's like an older man, right? He's like a, yeah. Oh, and 72. maybe lost control of it.
3: 92.
0: 72. Okay. Phew. Uh, Not like that makes it better, but geez, um, kind of some commotion behind you. And then you were just pinned behind, pinned between two cars and your, is it your left leg that got instantly severed from your body?
3: No, it was my right leg.
0: Your right leg. Is that a good word to use? Is that too, too much?
3: Nope.
0: That's that's what it was. (laughs) And then the other one was crushed Mm -hmm. and then onlookers, uh, rushed your help applying tourniquets. I want to hear this story. And then kind of like uh, some more people that you called angels, which is really cool, that were there to kind of comfort you and be in the right place. Maybe maybe talk about your perspective up to this point, if I'm missing stuff of what happened.
3: Okay. Well, one thing I kind of thought about as I was preparing today is John was on the phone with me as I was driving to Costco. Um, We were talking about, you know, Christmas was five days away and we were talking about some things and so um i i even said to him you know i'll call you in just a little bit i've got to go into costco and i was on my way into costco don and i were on the phone and i worried about that a little bit because i know we can get distracted talking on the phone um walking in parking lots but i was definitely not distracted we were kind of a pause talking about um setting up this party for my son and um there were some cars lined up to go out of the parking lot. It was really busy parking lot. And um, uh, I was waved through by some of the cars to keep walking. And yeah, you just, I just heard this loud noise as did everybody else. And this car, it's hard to really visualize and Donna's drawn a great picture of it. It's just just crude drawing in pencil on a piece. A car came from quite far away he was backing up and going about 35 miles an hour and he bounced off of another car and then ran into me pinning me between a car then bounced off of me and went up onto a snowbank <laughs> so you can tell the you know amount of force that was going on it was loud um so my phone was thrown I didn't know where it was as I was laying on the ground and um yeah, that was, we got to that point where I was laying on the ground. Um, there were some just angels, earthly angels there. Um, a woman who, honestly, she didn't, she's tried to recount her day and figure out why she was there. And she just can't figure out. She'd never been to that Costco and actually got in her car, saw it, the accident happened, drove away, and then felt like she needed to go back. And she held my hand the whole time and really kept me with her. Um, she talked to me the whole time. She was the one I was mentally focused on. And um, yeah.
0: Very cool. And then Don hears the commotion in the phone. And is that him? He just, I'm. he rushes down or did somebody say like, hey. Uh, get down here
3: phone. Yeah. yeah and they said um your wife's been in an accident and he actually was thinking and don we've added don he's just right hey there. don yes no Thanks so too. if i hey, miss don. anything he'll let you know <laughs> <laughs> so um he hears that but you know the guy tells don there's been an accident and don's thinking from what he heard you know it had to be like a car somewhere so he's looking out the window on the freeway from the hospital thinking i don't see any lights and then um the man told him it was down in the costco parking lot he was on the 11th floor and he ran down all the stairs and ran across the parking lot and got there just as the ambulance arrived
0: okay and don you can hear me yes so from there hey hey peace all right this is great yes special guest Hey, so from your perspective, um, I mean, is this, I'm not saying you have to describe the situation anyway, but like, are you prepared when you arrive for what's happening? Uh, You know, you see your own wife and (laughs) Heather's, uh, are you like, okay, I'm right into Dr. Don or I mean, how does that, how does this work for you?
4: Yeah, it's kind of a combination of the two. So, you know, they had actually put her in the ambulance as I got there and I jumped In the front of the ambulance and the guy says do you want to go to the back because he recognized me and so i said so i jumped in the back and you know i said heather it's Don. i'm here and there was kind of no response and i kind of looked at the paramedics and the one guy looks at me and says we have her limbs and that, that was kind of the first i really realized what had happened and you know, then I looked down and, you know, see tourniquets on both legs. And it was like, oh, wow. And about the, by then, you know, we're already in the the ambulance entrance of the hospital and, you know, wheeled Heather into the trauma bay that I spend a good portion of my life. <laughs> and I just announced to you know, hey, everyone, let's get going. This is my wife. So,
2: yeah.
0: And, and Um, one thing that I love seeing, I mean, as, as silly as it sounds is your daughter starts an Instagram page where we now watch like Don there sitting like 24 seven, uh, which was really, I'm not saying it's like inspiring. I mean, you're a husband, but I mean, at the same time, it was incredible to kind of think through as a normal human, what you guys were experiencing as Don's done this his whole life. And now all of a sudden it's like. Totally different. I mean, this is like a you know quite a, a crazy situation. Um, so Heather, now you're in the hospital. And um how long are you there total until you're released?
3: Exactly 30 days.
2: Dang. Okay.
3: So I was in the ICU, Don's ICU for three weeks, and then they moved me up to the rehab floor for a week.
0: Okay. And I remember. Chip being here in the office, as I'm talking to Drew, you know, Chip's talking to Drew about surgery and surgery and surgery, and then tell us about the decision to take your other leg.
3: Yeah. So on Christmas Eve and, you know, we had had some really incredible experiences. And those first couple of days as a couple and with our children, um, the lower lights came and sang and we just we actually had a really calm um, feeling, but on Christmas Eve um, they came to me and and said, um, you know, we need to make a decision about this leg. And you know, I'm looking at it. I see the leg. It's all um, kind of wrapped, and then I see my foot at the end. And I, you know, I always say pink tone or uh, red toenails for Christmas and thought okay I've got this leg um but they kind of you know they'd come to the conclusion that yeah they could maybe save it but um it it wouldn't work properly and it would really hinder me from doing a lot of things I am active and it would hinder me from doing a lot of things so um they kind of presented that to me but it was really when um Drew and Don came and they sat down and Just talking to them um you know they explained it just without holding anything back and saying what it would be like how what they felt about it but ultimately it was my choice and then just a really neat experience a nurse happened to be in the room and one I got I was really close to um and she said oh I've got a friend two floors up and she um she was hit by a bullet b- bike in Europe like a couple years ago. And she tried to salvage her leg and ended up amputating a couple years later. Mm-hmm. And that nurse came down and spoke with me. And after those few, it was really just a few hours. It wasn't emotional. It was just really a mat- as a matter of fact, as it could be. And, um, it, we made, I made the decision. They helped me. I made the final decision on my own, and we just—we really have not questioned it since.
0: Yeah, very good. Are you saying that Drew was uh, just very candid? It seems out of character for him.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: he was. He I know he's talking. He was guarding the truth. <laughs>
3: he, he didn't slap it or anything. I
0: don't. Oh, that's weird. <laughs>
3: so weird. <laughs>
0: I want to hear about this uh grandchild. Can we oh hear gosh. that story? Yeah.
3: Yeah. It's a great story. Um but I mean, I hadn't been moved and I had tons of tubes and everything. And they're like, um, well, first of all, she's supposed to deliver at the University of Utah. And people put the emotion and I I'm not supposed to name names or anything, <laughs> but it happened. And and they said, Okay, she can deliver at IMC. And so they kind of got me ready. And um I, I was a little nervous just because of the pain and everything, but I had another nurse that I was really close to. I actually kind of got to pick her and she, um, got me all set, wrapped all my, in fact, they braided all my cords coming out of my body. I thought that was kind of cool. And they braided them so they could all stay together and they hooked everything up and they moved me onto this gurney. And then I took, um, I was handing out suckers for anybody who wanted them because um, they were dum-dums, right? The dum-dum sucker, (laughs) because I thought no one should go without flavor during Christmas. And I had gone (laughs) without flavor for too long. So I hid suckers in my bed and took them down. We went down. They um, wheeled me down just in time, we went into the room, they put me next to her, I held her hand, and I was quite fevered. I had rags all over my face. And I, I know I was a little out of it. But that moment was just amazing. I mean, it was is the coolest feeling in the world. And, um, and then right after we're just in this wonderful moment. And Annika tells me, mom, we're going to name her Greta Heather after you. And I said, oh my gosh, I, you know, I'm a little dramatic. Cause I'm on a lot of medication. I'm like, <laughs> wow, I'm so honored. She said, yeah, mom, she's going to have some big shoes to fill. And all of a sudden her face just goes, what I say? And I, I'm just high as a pie, just like, I don't know do anything. And just happy she did it.
0: You're like, you know what? They are bigger shoes now that they're filled with prosthetics. So that's right. That's, and I'm taller too. Exactly. Very funny. John, maybe you can tell us uh, kind of where you fit in here. We had some... Um, it was very early on here in this journey that John came to Spence and said, we got to do something, uh, as a team, this is kind of our culture. Let's rally behind, um, this family. And, and John came up with this idea for kids. Maybe you could share a little bit about what you were thinking, John.
1: Yeah. I, uh, I was actually driving to St. George for one of my son's baseball tournaments, which is irrelevant, but I just had a lot of time. I was in the car by myself and thinking about this whole thing and, and thinking, what can I do for Heather and Don and the family? They've done so much. I'm, I'm not exaggerating. They've done countless things for me in my life. <laughs> and I'm like, well, they don't need dinner because they're gonna have plenty of dinners from neighbors and ward members and all that. They don't need like they don't need anything. To be honest, I mean, they are rock stars. They're handling this amazing, amazingly. So maybe we can just honor them. And so I'm like. What you know? I love cycling kits. I like thinking I can design something. So I called Chip and said, "What if we design a kit for Heather and honor them?" And then I thought, you know what? We could. The the team is so supportive. Let's make this a fundraiser. And Volay, our partners at Volay with the team are just amazing. I was on phone calls with them and emails over and over again, and they were so helpful. And you and Kristen, both of you helped kind of with some of the design stuff and Andy Welch helped. So it wasn't just me. It was, but it was just something where I could do something to honor this family and my sister. And then also knowing that she would want to benefit something else other than her was able to don- donate some money to Wasatch Adaptive, which yeah. was really, really cool.
0: Very cool. And the team uh, really s- stepped up, like really fun to watch. Um, yeah, how many kits were sold? So I mean, we were talking about it this morning. Mountain biking, John. I mean, it was like thirty, close to thirty thousand dollars, thirty thousand dollars worth of kits from dudes that like they don't need kits. These guys don't kits. need they don't, kits. They
1: necessarily. You know, a few of them know me. A few of them know Heather and Don or, or Drew yeah. or Chip. And you know, you had to meet twenty five piece minimum, and I was scared we wouldn't meet it. And we sold well above that. You know, yeah, and man. just grateful so very cool amazing
0: i'm gonna let kristen introduce this her idea that's why i thought it'd be um fun to have her on kind (laughs) of introduce the thoughts for some questions we want to ask about um you do it babe go ahead you start yeah
2: (laughs) well Stu and i were listening to the podcast one of your podcasts together just on a car trip and kind of talking about, you know, we're going to have her on our podcast and how does that relate to us or the cycling community or who's listening. And I really think it, you know, it relates to everybody, but a couple of things that I have thought of, um, I don't know which order to do them in here, but, uh, watching you and your family go through this, I would say that like doing hard things always teaches us something about ourselves. Um, and so i guess one of the questions i would have is going through this process like what did you what are your takeaways that you can look at maybe that you didn't know about yourself before this happened that you've learned about yourself now that you can share with share with us
3: <clears throat> okay well what i i mean going through this process it, it Every second was a learning experience for me and, and a thought provoking experience because obviously I had a lot of time, but it was also, I was, I was in a different mode. I was in, um, you know, you kind of start going through life and you're, you've got your day planned and I was very scheduled and liked to have everything planned out and, Um, really didn't take a lot of time to sit and think about things. And, and as I went through this process, and my days weren't planned, and I didn't know what I was going to be doing next. And um, I learned that I am surrounded by amazing people, um, which I knew before, but I don't think I appreciated it. And I found out that i really enjoy slowing down and taking time to experience the relationships and the um the process of life rather than just trying to go through it and get it done i mean it, you know when you slow down even the fact that you're going to stand up one day and use the restroom but it's going to take you 4 hours mm-hmm. and somebody's going to help you you appreciate every moment of that and you talk to the person that's going to help you that lot. And, and it's just a new experience. And um, so what I've learned about myself is that I really appreciate life's experience
2: even more than I ever did.
0: Mm, Very cool.
2: Um, Well, I know that, you know, we've had some members of our team crash and, you know, it's, it's not gone well for them. And I think nobody wakes up in the morning with this idea that their life tomorrow or in an hour is going to be different. It's going to completely change. And so listening to you express like, you know, how you've adapted or watching how you've adapted, like your daily mental perspective and routine and how that's shifted. I just think that's Like incredible, I don't know, like if you had advice to give somebody who maybe is going through something similar, um, what would that be? Like how, I don't know, I mean, I just think it would be so easy to like, sit in the doom and gloom, but I don't feel like you've ever done that. Hmm. So you must have been prepared before this, I feel like. Is there something you can look back on in your life that now looking back, you can say, I gained these tools, through the, through these experiences or by doing certain things, you know, like what parts of your life do you feel like gave you the tools to have this amazing mindset that you have, that you've had through this whole experience?
3: Yeah. Well, I, I actually do feel like I was prepared um, before the accident happened in certain ways, um, uh, mindfully and physically, but um, I I honestly, physically, and you, we all know this because, um, we're athletes, right. We're training for things and, and Don has mentioned many times, like I, I trained a ton during COVID just because we had so much time and that benefited me physically. Um, once the accident happened for, I was able to take that amount of blood, which a lot of people wouldn't be able to take mentally it's a whole different issue I I've always presented myself to my husband maybe that's why he married me I'm a scrapper as I think anybody is in a sport right I mean we're gonna we're gonna just give and give and give and just scrap our way to the top and um when this happened to me that my first physical therapist that I met I said to them you know, I decided I'm going to look at this as a sport and I want to learn this sport. I want to know this sport and I want to be good at this sport. And, um, it's really all encompassing. It's, it includes cleaning my wounds. It includes taking care of my legs. It includes learning about my new tools, my new legs I can have and what I can do with them. And, and I think that keeps me going. Um, you know, I, I, I've, as time has gone by and people get these perceptions through Instagram and stuff, I worry that people think, oh, there's never downtimes. And I haven't had many. I've been lucky, but I met this really cool guy um, at one of those Wasatch clinics for amputees. And his name is Tommy. And he came to me and he said, you know, I hope that you are, it's okay to l- letting yourself cry and it's okay to have a down day and everything. And then you kick your butt, yourself in the butt and you get back and you get going. And it was funny because the next day um, happened to be the anniversary of our dad's death, two years. And I woke up that morning and I said, okay. And it was my six month anniversary being out. And I said, okay, I'm going to cry. And I cried that morning. And then did what he said, kicked myself in the butt with my <laughs> leg. And um, so I think that's really important. And then I just, one other thing I have to mention because it, it honestly saved my life. And I think that a lot of um, your, the people who will hear this podcast might appreciate it, but there's a book called The Book of Joy and I don't know how many people have read it, but it's a book with Desmond Tutu and the Dalai Lama. And they've come together for a week and they are talking about joy and their circumstances. And, and I'll tell you, you can't read this book without um, just finding joy in life. And, and kind of, it just really focused your whole mind.
1: He's doing Kristen. Um, if you don't mind, I want to share one thing that Heather taught me last week. Yeah. And when this first happened as well, it was reiterated. I I hope Heather doesn't mind me saying this. I won't go into specifics, I guess, but I've only heard her complain once and it wasn't what she was going through in this whole Mm -hmm. six, you know, eight months or whatever we're at now. And that was while she's in the hospital, I called and we had a crying session together. And it wasn't because of what had happened. There were some other circumstances. The other thing that I think applies to your question, Kristen, is um, what Heather has taught me and and Heather actually called me a few days ago. I've gone through some little bit of tough times as everyone does. And she called and said, John, you got this. You can do this. You're smart. You're you're a good person. You're going to be fine. Just go and do it. You'll be fine have confidence in yourself. And I think that can apply. I've, I've actually said that to myself on a ride, even probably this morning when I'm trying to stay with Stu, John, <laughs> you got this, you can write this, you can do this, you can make it up this, but also in life. It's like, if you don't have confidence in yourself, it's, you know, it's, I don't know. It's an important thing to have. And I'm learning Definitely. that. And she reiterated that to me in an early morning phone call one day. And it, it's been stuck in, in my head for some time now. So
0: very cool. You know, I think that we're also, um, we're all, we all face change, like adapting, change, adapting, change, adapt. Um, this has been a big adapt and change for your guy, your family. Maybe Don could go first Don, what have you learned about change and adjusting and adapting just in your own personal, like just with your, yourself and with your family.
4: Oh, gee, that's. (laughs) tough to answer but i think you know one of the most of us are afraid of change i mean i think that's human nature yeah um even no matter what the situation is even though you know we find ourselves in situations that are not ideal we're at least comfort comfortable with it because we know what it is and so when change happens and you know you see that in organizations you see that in personal lives um there's a lot of anxiety and there's a lot of fear of the unknown and you know what's known is comfortable what's unknown is not comfortable and so with change I think um and how this changed us is is trying to kind of look down the road at what might be but yet focusing on just what is the task at hand. So, you know, for Heather, for example, you know, she didn't have to, you know, get up first day and walk on, you know, these titanium carbon fiber legs, you know, she had to deal with the pain and she had to focus on nutrition and things like that. And each day is just a one little thing. And so, you know, there's, with us and personally it's like wow our whole life has changed you know i started having thoughts are we going to be able to stay in our house you know because our house has got mm. a couple of levels are and multiple levels throughout the house and then it's like are we going to be able to afford this am i going to be able to keep my job and you know all those things and it can be overwhelming but then if you just roll back and s- slow it down and say okay what do i need to do today um, and just focus on what do I need to do to get through today, but at the same time having, you know, kind of a direction of where you're going to go in the, you know, that's off in the distance. You don't have to get there today. You don't have, you know, I mean, we're still, that thing is still down the road for us in a, in a lot of aspects, and, but, you know, we're just kind of chipping away at what do we need to do today and how can we improve our situation just a little bit better, cool. Just kind of the, just getting that one percent better, or just doing a little bit better today than yesterday, and then, um, and then things will things will work out.
0: Very good, very wise. How about you, Heather? What have you learned about changing and adapting?
3: Well, I do not like change. God <laughs> knows
0: that.
3: I probably OCD. I have not been officially diagnosed, but I would probably say that. Um, I like the same food every day. I like the same workout every day. (laughs) Everything changed overnight. And um, what I've learned for it is change. You grow, you really do grow. And as much as we don't like it, if we're not, um, if we're not presented with that opportunity for someone to say, no, you don't get to do what you're comfortable in every day, then, we will take what we know. And, um, you know, I will even say I got comfortable in the wheelchair. I mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, I'm good in the wheelchair. I'm good, you know, and, and each step I've had to say, no, let's take, okay, now we got to go that, like Don was saying that, that next step. And um, it, it's hard, but I, I, now I look at it and I can see, there's a lot of growth. I know there's that saying when one door shuts, another door opens, and that is a part of change. You can't have, you know, and maybe something bad's going to come. And that's Don's always telling me, put you, make yourself vulnerable. Um, because for good to happen, you have to open yourself to the bad too.
0: Very cool. John, any thoughts on, I mean, you've had to change and adjust a lot in your life. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, they've said it beautifully. I don't know if I can say it much better. Um, but yeah, I, I change is is scary. I'm just reiterating it. It it comfort is great. Um complacency can be nice. But like Heather said, Don said, you don't grow without change. You don't, you know, you got to put yourself in that position or or uh, an event will put you in that position. Yeah. Um but it is scary. It is very scary. And, um, but like I, like I said, what Heather told me in a phone call, you got to have confidence that you can get through it no matter how long it takes. It's, it's not a cockiness. It's just, you got to have confidence in your abilities. So, and your, your drive and your motivation to get through things.
0: Um, You can pass this question if you want, although John said you probably wouldn't, but I, it's something that I really, um, me personally have had a hard time dealing with, which is this man that hit you and maybe that's petty, but was that a thing for you? How have you dealt with being upset or mad at this person? Like, can you talk about that forgiveness or whatever you want to call it? Okay.
3: For sure. Um, So, and and many of you may have heard the story, but I'll just say it. Um, I just, it was before Christmas Eve. And so it had to have just been a couple of days after the accident. My son, Jacob, who's a member of your team,
2: Mm -hmm. um,
3: came into the hospital. And you have to just know him. He's he's a lot like Don, but he's just, he's quiet, but he's the most thoughtful. um, And when I say thoughtful, he's very thoughtful and giving, but he's also very thoughtful about everything he does and says and. And he came to me and he said, Mom, um, have you thought about the man who hit you? And I honestly hadn't, it it hadn't even crossed my mind. And I'm not even sure at that time I was able to talk. I, I had, a I think I had a breathing tube in, but anyway, I just either wrote no. And he said, well, I would like to take him a gift. I'm sure he's suffering and I'd like to write him a letter and he brought me that letter. He went to all the kids and asked how they felt. And some of them didn't agree with it. And I, that was okay. That's their process and what they needed to feel at the time. But he came back and wrote me, the, read me this letter. And it was just, it was beautiful. And it was about forgiveness and pe- ha- that man having peace. Mm. And honestly, it was that and just, I, and I remember telling my sister, Heidi, I don't have time Mm. to be angry at him. I really didn't. I, it, it's hard to imagine. And I, I, again, I hope it doesn't sound dramatic. Hopefully Don will back me up, but I really was just trying to live those first few days. And then after that, it was how my you know, trying to get through the pain or trying to, so everything was a lot of work and it, it would wear me out. I, and I knew I did not have time to even, um, worry about that. And so with Jake planning that thought of, we want him to have peace. I wanted to have peace in my heart and I just knew I, I could not go like go there. And it hasn't, it has not been that I haven't thought about it. I, I, you know, I put time thinking in about it, since into thinking about it. Um, I, I, it's just, um, not a part of my life and i really do have good feelings
0: uh, things good feeling. happen good very good this needs to be this we're going to morph this podcast into a parenting clinic for us to learn how to parent <laughs> our children from you guys so. <laughs> no
1: you don't want uh, that yes. you, you can meet their kids.
0: Oh, yes kristen i'm i, I didn't want to cut you out any other questions that you had about um just adapting and changing
2: no but i i just want to say that I mean, I know John. I'd say pretty well, and I, I don't know Heather that well, but I've had the honor of writing with Heidi as well, and I do feel that your family has something special. Um,
1: yeah. Thanks for saying that, Kristen. We yeah. we feel the same, <laughs> and we hope other we hope other families feel the same. I know there's family struggles in every family, right? And you know, I'm not. I don't want to speak for anyone, but our family is pretty closely knit and we've experienced a lot together. We, and been through a lot together, good and bad. And we for sure have each other's backs. Hmm. And, um, so yeah, I appreciate You know, it, like I said, I think in the last paragraph or whatever, of my intro, it's, this really is a story of, of positive thinking and, and surrounding a family and a person with love.
0: Yeah. So, yeah. I agree. Um, Heather, what's next? So you've got your legs. Now what you've yeah. been spinning. Now, what else are you doing?
3: Spinning. Um, I know Don is going to want me, there are so many questions about backcountry skiing and he's going <laughs> to want me to get ready for that. Um, he's got me training and working on my glutes and my, house Oh training. boy. <laughs> All the time. Um, Don and I, we really like to travel. And when I say travel, we're really adventurous and, and we often think about how that, uh, uh, um, it's going to lend itself to having no legs because, you know, we've been in the Philippines swimming with sharks in a $2 a night hotel. How do you do that with no legs? And I look forward to, and I know Don looks forward to that as well, like figuring that all out. And how are we going to do those things that we want to do? Um, and then being a grandma, like I, I, that's like my favorite role right now is being a grandma.
0: <laughs> Very cool, man. That's just the beginning. You only have like one little infant. Here yeah. we go. Yeah,
3: <laughs> Can't wait to teach her everything.
0: Very cool.
4: And we're really not that old. I mean,
0: <laughs> ancient. <laughs> hey, old grandpa Don. <laughs> grandpa Don. <laughs>
1: Stu, it's been fun it's been fun watching it from a distance or from my perspective i i don't maybe don can correct me but my i was either told or my my perspective of heather walking was a year from the accident Hmm. um and when we would get videos of her with her one prosthetic and then two prosthetics and walking at rehab and then I got to spend the 4th of July, the the Saturday of the 4th of July, the weekend up in Heber with them. My family was out of town. And to watch Heather dance with her grandchild and dance with Dawn and be able to go to her daughter's wedding in San Diego. It's just that there's nothing that's going to limit Heather and Dawn from pursuing what they want.
0: Very cool. Well, it's inspiring to watch, especially, you know, I know you said it's not all sunshine and rainbows, Heather. It's not all smiles, but... Um, your positive attitude is really the funnest part of the thing that we supported as a team I'm wearing those kits. It's like, no, we wear black. Okay. We, we, we dominate, we crush. And so now you've got Dave Sharp wearing a pink kit at yes. crusher
2: yes.
0: to support. And, and it's so fun to say like, well, we are supporting a person and a family who has shown us like you can be gritty. You can be happy about it and you can change and adapt. And it just, Encompasses a lot of like who we are as a team, so it's really fun to rally behind you and the flower power idea. And I mean, when guys, when John wears them on a ride, it's like, dude, fits right in. It's fun to have. And um,
3: I can't and. thank you guys enough. I mean, honestly, I was blown away, blown away by the idea, humbled. um And then when I saw them, I thought, oh, these are cool. I <laughs> I didn't think I was gonna want to get on a bike again, but I was like that day i was like oh i'm writing again for sure (laughs) but when you guys showed up and the support for wasatch adaptive sports um that wow that That just blew me away and i I could tell that people really cared about um this supporting us and supporting them and anyway it means the world so a big big thank you to all of you
1: yeah I, i i think uh other than donating that money to Wasatch Adapter, the funnest part was we did this in secret and we were going to try and order them in secret, but it's like, it'll get out. Mm-hmm. And when I came over to Heather's house and showed her the, the swatch or whatever they call it before they printed them and, and show, and like, this is what we're doing. And she's like, I'm ordering a kit. I'm like, yeah, we'll get you. We're going to don't We're going to give you a Jersey. It's like, no, I want a kit. I'm like, oh. Oh, okay. Here we go. Nice. Let's go. So yeah, she has a kit and she's gonna wear it. So I'm excited. Yeah. Nice,
0: Kristen. Did you see that woman at Crusher wearing? I don't. I didn't even know I who did. she was. She was wearing. Yeah, she was wearing a tank top. Flower yeah. power kit. Yeah. And when I saw her, I was like, "Yeah, she's like, why is he cheering for me?" <laughs> yeah, very cool. Well, all right. Let's wrap up. Uh, any concluding thoughts from any of uh, the couch gang? Don, any any thoughts as we wrap yeah. up?
4: No, I'm just a visitor. <laughs> I think Thank you guys you. are awesome. Um, and you know, I guess I, I did have one other thought yeah, actually, and that is, you know, as we've been going through this, um, and how you know how do you relate that to the team or whatever? It really is, I think one of the ways we've been able to do this is just with all the support around us Mm -hmm. so that's you know family friends etc and you know when you're riding your bike going up that hill and you're all by yourself you know that's when it kind of sucks Mm -hmm. and you know from my load of jaw experiences every time i was by myself (laughs) because i got (laughs) dropped every time and you know, you're just like, I can't do this, but, you know, with the team and everyone else pulling for you and helping people along, you can do things a lot more than you think you can on your own, just from having encouragement and working together. And, you know, I think, Mm. I think this team has shown that time and time again in all kinds of races and things, just supporting one another and, you know, supporting John and supporting us. It's just pretty amazing. So.
0: It was cool. Just to, it wasn't like we had to argue with them or convince them that this was a, you know, a thing. It was just out it went and it was cool to see everybody rally. So how about you, Heather? Any, any final thoughts? Yeah.
3: I I just feel um, the same about Don what Don said, just. support and i felt that john um as i mentioned our dad um passed away over two years ago and you know we're adults and we should be able to handle it really well but it was rough it was really rough and john has always been a big support a good example to me and so then when this accident happened um he was just like yeah i'm there um i'll make my office in your home i'll that, and I, I just think um, that's what I've learned. Chip is a good example, too. And you guys, when you show up for people, it means the world, and we just need to look um, keep looking for people we can show up for, you know. And um, my injury, my um, problem, or what I've got, is very apparent, it's very visual. But there's a lot of people walking around right now suffering as i i said this at the kit pickup um you know a lot of people suffering in in ways we don't know whether it's mentally or whatever and um you know riding your bike up a mountain and you see someone i I, it's just that connection and hey hey keep going you got it and i think the biking community is really good at that supporting each other and you know
0: what It's all about nice. Well, now you know why your brother wears our, our yellow jersey, he is just a leader on this team. That is, I mean, we look to John for um, you know, to lead us in a lot of great ways, and this was one of them. So, I was um, grateful for you, John, thankful for your family, and Thank you. thanks for this last hour. It's been awesome, thanks Chris. So much. Kristen, anything else? Any other thoughts?
1: No, nope. okay. <laughs> okay.
0: You guys are awesome. Thank you guys. Appreciate your time.
3: Thank you so much. You guys are awesome.
0: Thanks.